Hi, everybody. Hello. So, welcome to Nikki Nights. Feels like it's been a minute since I've uh, podcasted. It has been. I, uh, I went away. I went away for work. Um, came back to New York. It's October now. Um, the, the cooler weather is here on Long Island. Let me tell you what, I've never missed LA more. Um, not just because of the weather, but I really miss my friends out there. But I mean, the weather here in New York is getting, it's that, that nip in the air. Um, you know, the warmer clothes are starting to come out, which I'm excited about. Let's be real. My favorite thing in the entire world are hoodies. So, uh, but let's ask, uh, my guest today, how she feels about hoodies and the weather. Um, she's actually somebody that I talk to very frequently. Um, somebody that I've gotten to know over the past uh, month, I'd say. She's, her name is Reverend Bailey Brauner. Uh, and I find her story incredibly interesting and um, inspiring. So we are gonna chat with her. So I'm gonna bring in Bailey right now. Oh, hey. Welcome to my backyard. Welcome. I've seen it once or twice. You have. I was just literally telling, once, probably. I was just telling um, everybody in the intro that we met, like I guess, like a month ago now uh, on TikTok and just like chatting. Yeah. Oh, and there is oh, the other guest. So we're in a really great situation because my, like the deck, the top of my deck is getting replaced right now. So they decided that they needed to do it right now. So there's people outside just. Oh, right. Well, of deck. I mean, right now, <laughs> my neighbors have decided it's a really good time to mow the lawn. So, you know, hence the earbuds and yeah, please. It makes so, sense, I guess. It's the middle of the day, you know, we should be at work, so. What the heck are we doing? Well, why don't you, speaking of work, you do some impressive work. Tell us what you do. Yeah, so I am the senior pastor at a church in San Diego, California. I'm a United Methodist pastor, and that's what I do. I also do like digital ministry stuff as well on the internets, um, connect with my fellow millennials and everybody younger than me, which is a lot of people now. We're getting old. Oh, don't start me. I'm going to be 32. What is it? Yeah, 32 in a month and four days. But who's counting? And I am just not really ready for it. Uh, I am, but I'm not. At this point, I'm just like, well, here we go again. Um, we are getting old, but you're not, though. But you started, when did you start getting into ministry? And when did you realize that like religion was the path you wanted to? take as a career path yeah I'm still not sure that this is the path I want to take as a career path but this is what I'm called to do so here I am um, I grew up in the church I grew up in the United Methodist Church in Alaska which is where I'm from and I um, was a part of the church my whole life I did leadership stuff from when I like could start reading so I was like five years old up there reading scripture and then from then on I just did it thinking it was like a volunteer activity and then later on in life in college I realized oh no this is something that you're called to do this is like more than just something that you know they need a warm body to fill the position at and so then 
Um, I did an internship when I was in college and I was supposed to be working with kids because that's what my degree was, was elementary education. And then my pastor one day came into my office and she said, we need you to preach for the Sunday night service. And I was like, absolutely not. Sounds horrible. Like tried to get myself sick the whole gamut and then showed up that Sunday and did it. And I was like, shit, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then from then on, went to school and grad school and here we are. That's amazing. I grew up on the altar myself. Um, I grew up in Great Neck, New York. And, you know, people have heard me talk about Great Neck. Um, and my, I remember my nan used to go to church like every day. And she had this saying, she'd be like, I'm not a high holy roller, but I'm a woman of faith. And she was just, she was adorable. Um, and so I got into altar serving young and I went to Catholic school. So um, it was interesting for me, you know, and then that's really where I found out my love of singing. That's how I mm -hmm. personally discovered singing um, was really in church. And yeah. singing the same hymns over and over again. And, and, you know, eventually, unfortunately, having to, like, canter family members' you know, funerals. But, like, using, you know, you're good. But, I mean, the thing is, is that those songs, when you hear them over and over again, they mean something. And, I mean, now, even when I hear them, it just brings me back to, like, St. Aloysius church you know yeah. is there yeah, what's that like for you now to think about that like to think about the music that you've heard and stuff like does it have like your relationship with the church has to be different than it was when you were singing right yeah it's 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 definitely very different um I went to church every week you know if if it wasn't in school I would go you know as when I went to uh, regular school after catholic school I would go to church every week and then I would do Sunday school. Um, but now I, you know, my relationship is, is very different than it was back then. Um, I, I moved from my hometown and I find that I don't, I don't feel comfortable going to the church in my new hometown. I don't know why. So I kind of just worship from home and, you know, I, I pray and I have my own time and, you know, how do you feel about that? Especially with what's going on right now. I mean, it's got to be hard. Nobody's really going to mass, right? I know you're preaching a lot online. Right. Yeah, it's weird with, with COVID things for sure. Um, but I, I think that the internet has always been a place where I've been able to kind of be myself and kind of um, play that queer and Christian sort of like meet in the middle and like find acceptance in both lanes because in my church world, right? If I show up to the sanctuary and people are like, oh, you're queer, like that doesn't make sense to me. And then if I go to like the LGBT spaces in my community, they're like, oh, you're a Christian and like also a pastor, like that's weird too. So the internet has kind of been able to be that middle ground for me for a while, even before um, I started um, at my church. And so it's kind of nice because this this new space is forced on so many people who wouldn't have otherwise explored it, right? So like all my congregation members who are, you know, in their 50s or 60s or whatever, and have never um, had to log on to a Zoom meeting in order to take communion now are like given that opportunity. And so it's really cool to see how those worlds kind of get to collide um, in this time. But I think just like church in general is a weird space too for me because now it's my job. And so now the ways that I'm experiencing God are 
really different than a building um, because when I'm in my sanctuary, um, I'm not worshiping. I mean, there's worshipful moments and I'm definitely like experiencing God, but it's not um, in the same way. I'm experiencing it because it's part of my job and my job is to help create um, potential worshipful moments for other people and not necessarily for me. So I've had to do a lot of digging to find out like what my spiritual life looks like um, outside of my, you know, nine to five, not nine to five job. Yeah, that has to be tough, you know, finding, you know, the balance. And um, I mean, I know I've had probably some of my my greatest spiritual experiences probably outside of churches. You know what I mean? Um, okay. I've had some of the most intense moments I've had in recording studios, you know, moments that nobody knows about. So it's it's interesting how it all really with me it does go back to singing but i had other hobbies growing up i mean you and i have spoken about them but like what were some of your hobbies growing up because i always think it's so interesting to find like what our hobbies were and then like what we're doing now you know and see how it correlates so what were some of your hobbies growing up yeah it was a big into sports i mean in general my parents raised me pretty well-rounded i had to try it try an activity before I said, no, I wasn't doing it. But then I tended to draw myself towards things that I was good at naturally. Um, and so sports was really the outlet for me. So I did golf. I golfed um, competitively from when I was like seven or so, something like my dad and my thing that we did together. And then I got into volleyball when I was in middle school and kind of carried that through high school. Um, when I was in high school, though, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called lupus and some other connective tissue disorders as well. And so that really shifted my idea of hobbies into like having to, I've had to like reevaluate my boundaries and say like, no, you can't do everything. Or like you sometimes have to settle for not being the best. Sometimes you have to like just enjoy what you're doing and not necessarily do it in order to like achieve this high level of success. And so that's still something that I'm wrestling with, but I definitely carry that from my childhood, from the hobbies I did as, as a child, um, through that experience and then into, you know, where I'm at now and still having to negotiate like my, my health and my boundaries as well. Yeah. And it's, I mean, growing up for me, I fell into sports like early as well, softball. Um, but then when I really started to discover my singing, that's when it clearly it was a very clear path, um, in my mind at least. My dad was like, you should become a nurse. And I'm like, dad, there are no singing in nurses. Um, you know, unless, watch now, Ryan Murphy is gonna create a series about singing nurses, who knows. Um, but, you know, so it was very clear for me, but it's always interesting to see like what makes us us. And I think those experiences, you probably, there's a lot of focus that goes into golf and, you know, that makes sense because you, I've seen personally just talking to you and hearing how much you prepare for your sermons and what goes into it. And you work hard and it's incredibly impressive because in today's day and age, um, to see a female preacher, um, but also who is part of the LGBT community, I have to tell you, it really, discovering you on TikTok for me kind of ignited something in my faith because you know I had just come out this summer and you know I've had this like thing with like yes I grew up very religious 
not very religious, but religious. And then, but I'm gay. So, I mean, what's, what's some of the, you know, other than hearing, like me just say that now, but what are some of the things that you've heard from people, um, you know, just about when they discover your page or when they hear you preach? Well, I think just kind of going off of what you just said, like the, the shift that I can see in people, you know, like, it, and I'm like a symbol, right, for this, it's okay to be queer and Christian kind of thing. And I'm not the only one doing this work. And there are people doing this work far, you know, more publicly and better than I am. But like that shift from what you said, like, I'm a Christian or like, I am religious, but I'm gay into the shift of like, oh, I'm religious and I'm gay. Like that has been really amazing to get to see from people to see that it's like even an option. Right. So yeah. on TikTok, like the, to see, to get out of my liberal San Diego, Southern California bubble for a little bit and, and get to see people who are like, wow, I didn't actually know that women could be pastors. Right. And like not even getting into sexuality, not even getting into like age or anything else it's just like i didn't realize that it was okay for even this small thing to happen so you kind of like you can like see people sort of dip their toes in and they're like oh and it's okay to be gay oh and it's okay to be gay and a pastor like it's been really fun to see kind of like people's progression and sort of see that like that like wide open glance type of reaction from folks to say like i had no idea this was even possible um that's really inspiring to me and that kind of, you know, restores my faith as well anytime I see that kind of thing, because I'm stuck in an institution. I'm not stuck in the institution, but I'm a part of the institution. They're the ones who are, you know, paying my bills. And so I see um, a side of church that can be ugly sometimes. And to, so to see that sort of like childlike faith reaction to faith and to God and to spirituality is really, really inspiring for my faith journey as well to see. So it works both ways. Yeah. And speaking of your journey, I mean, I talk a lot about my mentor, Dr. Levy, and how much she's meant to me. Who is somebody who's been like a mentor to you um, throughout life or through your journey in the church? Hmm. I have so many. I don't know that there's one that I would point to, but I think that each season of my life that I've been through, I needed a specific kind of person, right? And I found that person. Um, whether it be, you know, through a family member or through um, a, a work relationship or whether it be through, you know, like a, a partner or whether it be through a friend or those sorts of things. So people have really just come into my life in these sort of God moments that, um, you know, you can't, you can't like recruit people to come onto your side that perfectly at that exact moment. So I've been thankful for, there's a lot of great people in my life and even, I don't know, moving here the the bishop of the united methodist church in this conference kind of had my back i had worked for him when i was in seattle for a little bit for an internship and he kind of joked around with me you know if you ever want to come to california give me a call and then one day you know my body like started killing itself in alaska um because of the lupus stuff and i was like oh were you actually serious about that and so he was a mentor you know who like i looked up to and i made a um, I made an ask to him and he followed through and had my back at like the perfect moment. So that's an example, I guess, of one, but I have so many people, as I'm sure you do too, you know, who have helped you to be who you are or helped you to be where you are as well. Right. Oh, sure. Um, and as you say, I feel like I've, I've gained a mentor, like, as you say, with each season of your life, I feel like with each job or each experience that I have on a set, I have 
I've gained something. I've learned something. Somebody's mentored me in some way. And, you know, it's interesting as time goes on, it's sometimes people don't even know that they're mentoring you, you know, like it's just, I've learned some of the people around me, Angelica Houston, watching her act, she had no idea that she was totally making such a massive impression on me just by being in the same room. But she had no idea that now I consider her, you know, some type of semi mentor because just getting to witness that greatness for me as an actor, that's the good stuff, you know, that's stuff that you can't, money can't buy, or these are experiences. And I think, um, my, I always go back to my Nan. I talk about her a lot, but she makes a lot of sense. And she would always say experiences. That's what life is about. And everything happens for a reason and people come into your life for a reason. So very much what you said. Um, and it's true. I believe that everybody does have a, a purpose, you know, uh, whether it's to make you learn something or, or maybe some people aren't there forever everything works out the way it's meant to, I suppose. What's it like now when the tables are turned, when like you have people who look up to you in the same way that you've looked up to folks? It's so strange sometimes because I never, I, it's like, I don't know if like, I'm like, should I believe it? I know they're being like, because I just, I just do my work and I don't really think about it. Um, but the fact that people love Tracy and they love my other work, that means so much to me. Just the fact that I just respect the entertainment industry so much. It's an incredibly eye-opening, hard business to be in. So I, I'm just thankful that I get to make movies and be in them. And also, you know, growing up, I didn't see a lot of women who looked like me on television. There was the occasional Delta Burke or, you know, Rosie O'Donnell, occasion, you know, but it was like the one person, and I always go back to her, is the one person who was a constant for me was Ricky Lake. Um, so I just feel very honored that I get to maybe broaden people's horizons or ideas of what they think an actress looks like. You know, we all don't look the same, um, but we all do, you know, if we're doing our job right, we're, we do quality work. So I think that's what should be important, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I think like you're doing huge things, you know, I mean, we both, we both are like in redefining what our roles actually look like. And, you know, I don't know, I, I, I think it's really inspiring to watch people like you who are doing that work and who are doing it really well too, you know, like why wouldn't people want to look up to you and what you do? Well, I just, you know, it was interesting after hitting 30, I hit her 30 and like nothing really changed. Everybody was like, Oh, 30 is what's going to really change it for you. And I'm like, okay, 30, nothing. 31. I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to live authentically. I'm coming out and this is what I say. And this is what I mean. And um, I think that's kind of been very freeing for me because I did feel for a while like there was some constraint of like you have to live up to Tracy because she's such a great person. 
But then I think now people just being able to see that, hey, I'm just Mickey and I mess up. I, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm growing as we all should be. And I think, um, I think that's what's really cool about this whole time that's been going on with the quarantine. And I've just, I don't know, just decided to be myself. And I think that's one of the most hard things for people to do. But once you do it, it's incredibly rewarding. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I mean, coming out obviously like kind of pushes you, you know, pushes you past that point for sure. But yeah. like, I don't know, to have your like career, you know, like your, that season of your career defining role be like, like blow up to that degree has to make it hard to now be like you as a human being and not just like you as the girl who played Tracy, right? Like what was, was there like, was that a process to get to that point where you're able to be like, no, like I'm not that character. Like I played that character. Yeah. Um, for a while I, I would say to people, yeah, I play Tracy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I did, but I never really was very firm in my stance as a Nikki. Um, I was just the girl who played Tracy and, and I got to a point where I was like, no, I'm so much more like, there, there, I always say there's a lot of layers to this onion. Like there's so much going on and that's just a small little itty bitty portion. And if I would have, if I would have just let myself continue to be the girl from Hairspray or the girl who played Tracy, then I would be doing total injustice to myself because I deserve to have way more experience. I mean, Hairspray was the greatest blessing of my life, but now I deserve to experience things as a 31 year old woman and live my life and, you know, see what else life has in store. So I think, yeah, it was, it's really been like the past year for me that it's things have kind of just said, like you said, once you come out, you can't go back. So here we are, we're like out and, and it's been really, it's been interesting to not, uh, to not just be known as the girl from Hairspray anymore. People are like, oh, you came out this summer. And I'm like, yes, I did. And they're like, oh, you have a podcast. I'm like, yes, I do. You know, so other things. It's nice to talk about other things sometimes. But I'm always happy to talk about Hairspray. Yeah, for better or for worse, you're like more you know do you ever feel more you know, diverse and now you're more out there than ever before well like i you know like i don't you know sometimes i want to step out of the it's hard right like i can't take my face off I'm, you know i can't and you know you go out you know you have your collar we can't really separate does that get tiring sometimes for you um do people approach you and how do you separate, like, creating boundaries and setting certain boundaries and standards while you're out? Yeah, I mean, I'm not recognizable in the way that you are, but I definitely can see, like, a correlation between, like, what we do and, and having to separate the job from the human being that does the job. And so that's been interesting for me in that, like, I need to shut my brain off and, 
and not, you know, I'm and watch trashy reality TV or like, you know, eat snacks and like say sarcastic things to my friends that I would never say at a pulpit. Like I'm a human being and I also have to like be a spiritual leader as well in the same vein. And so it's really challenging. Um, but I do think that like now, like, like similar to what you said, like I'm the most authentic version of myself that I've ever been. And so that makes it a lot easier because I do get to bring parts of myself to the pulpit that I've never been able to bring before. I'm in other spaces like where I wasn't able to be out. And I think I'm a much better pastor because I am out and I'm also a much better, you know, friend and partner and, um, community member as well because of those things. And so I think something that's helped me is to pull the gifts out of why I'm good at my job and take those into like my personal life, right? So like I'm a really good listener and that could seem like a pastoral care tool, which it is. And that's something that I do use when like people are having to talk to me about like their family members who are sick or keep passed away in their lives or whatever, whatever the situation is. But that's also something that makes me like a really good friend or a really good partner is, is that same gift. So trying to carry the gifts with me and not the job with me has been like what has helped the most, I think. That's a really good way of putting it. It's hard. It is. But you know what? It's not hard. Being a mom (laughs) to Mr. Oakley, your dog, he is, can I just say, you guys, she is the cutest dog I've ever, is he around? He's sleeping right behind me. Do you want me to get him? I mean, I'll grab him for if you. you can make a quick appearance. I, I love this dog. He's the sweetest, sweetest boy. I get texts from Bailey of Mr. Oakley and they make, oh, there he is. Hi. You can see his eyes are trying to stay open. He's oh sleep. my gosh. We are so sorry to bother your nap, sir, but we just wanted to say hi and be graced with your presence. What is that? Hi. Who is that? Is that your friend? Hi. He's, He's so like, oh, sweet. So you guys, you guys paddleboard, the two of you? We do. Yeah. What are some other fun things that you guys get into in SoCal? Oh my gosh. We go on a lot of WALKs. It's about time for one right now. (laughs) Almost said it. You don't want to say the word. Yes. He's peaceful right now, so I can't get him too excited. Um, Yeah. And that's actually been a really thing. Getting Oakley has been like a huge source of like reclaiming my own spiritual life post, um, post becoming a pastor as well, because like, he does not care what I do for a living. Like he is, he cares the absolute least of anybody in my life. And he just wants to like, you know, go play outside and like, you know, play fetch with his toys and all of this stuff. And, and so getting to like go on walks and like call myself down and also, you know, attain to his, demanding needs um as a dog has been also like a really great thing for me so he's a he's a good little guy he's so sweet i when i get text messages of pictures of him uh my day is just made and you can we tell people where he got his name from because i think it's great for sure he's from um tyler oakley the the gay youtuber i had a well, I really like him, um, and I said I would name my first child after Tyler Oakley, Oakley, and Lord knows when I'm having children, so he's done. Oh, that's amazing. I apparently did a uh, epic cameo for Thank you. Tyler Oakley back in the day. Um, 
So Tyler, if you're watching, we Pepper both love them. We both adore you, Tyler. How about that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I, was, I told for... you this, but he did. He answered like, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying thank you for, you know, waking Mr. Oakley up and bringing him on. I know now if he barks, it's your fault because he was asleep before. It's but that's okay. He's good. It's totally my fault. It's totally I'm awful. I'm that person, like sleeping puppies, not supposed to, you know, sleeping babies, and I'm just like, oh my god, but oh my god, I just and my friends are like, I swear, with like their babies that are sleeping, I'm like, oh, please just let me. And they're like, if you wake them, I will hurt you. I just think sleeping babies and sleeping dogs, I just want to hold them for hours. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the worst. And some, like, want some don't. Well, if it's like, if you're new to their life, I think it's different. But like, whenever I try to wake him up because he looks so cute or like, I just go and like try to cuddle with him or whatever. He's like, can you not? And he'll just like stand up and move to the other side of the room and then lay down over there. I'm like, okay, I get your point. Like, it's fine. We all need boundaries. So let's just. Oh, little punk. I know. I used to have two pugs. They were my world. And I'm seriously thinking about, you know, in the future, getting another little buddy. You have to. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, what is next for you? Where can we keep up with you? Oh my gosh, so many places. Um, TikTok is a great place. That's where I'm getting my energy right now. Um, I also do an LGBTQ people of faith meetup group um, with some friends of mine called The Voyage. And that is all online because of COVID now. And so you can find that um, at The Voyage Meetup on Twitter and Instagram and join us for that on Zoom. It's every other Tuesday. So those are some ways. And your Instagram handle yourself is at Bailey. Oh, yeah. All my socials are at Bailey N. Bronner or BaileyNBronner.com is my website. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And just thank you for all the amazing work that you do and for, for really bringing the light into my world. So thank you. Back at you. I'm glad. I'm glad to know you. Thanks for creeping on my TikTok live. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Anytime. That's <laughs> what I do. Creeper. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I always forget to like put in the memo, like tell the guests at the end to hit leave. And then, because I forget too, when I'm in other people's podcasts on Zoom, so I'm like, they said bye. Oh wait, I'm supposed to leave. I never know. Bailey, thank you so much. And it's true, when I uh, came across Bailey's TikTok page, I was really enlightened. Um, you know, growing up a religious, you know, a Catholic girl, going to Catholic school. Um, and then, you know, going into the entertainment business, which maybe is, you know, it's definitely a career path that can really test your faith. We'll put it that way. Um, but it's incredibly rewarding as well. But then also being a gay woman um, and, you know, saying, but I'm gay, but, you know, but I'm, I believe in God. So 
I just thank Bailey for the great work that she does and uh, the light and love that she's putting out into the world. And honestly, I thank you guys uh, who listen to this podcast every day as well um, for supporting me. And, you know, um, life's tough, but you guys are always there uh, and I'm always there for you. So please know that and please know that I adore you and I adore Bailey. Thank you for being on Bailey. Have a good day, everyone. I'm sending you all so much love. Until next week. Bye.